I've got the opportunity now to speak to Mrs. Dawn Hull, who joined us how many years ago? Dawn? Oh, it was uh, four years ago now. As long yes, as that? Yes. Joined us four years ago to teach Mandarin Chinese. That's right. Yeah. So welcome. Ni hao. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and what I'm particularly interested with you, mm. Dawn, is that today we, I understand why people uh, are choosing to study Mandarin Chinese. It mm. seems an obvious language to, to study in a, in a world where obviously China is an important country. Mm. But yes. it wasn't always like that. I mean, when you were growing up and choosing languages, it wouldn't have been an obvious choice. So talk, talk me through your journey as to how you ended up studying Chinese. Yes. Um, well, I was born and spent the first 10 years of my life in Middlesbrough in the north of England. And my life for the first 10 years was really not much beyond the Yorkshire Moors. I say far removed from Beijing. Exactly, yes, yeah, not much beyond Yorkshire Moors. My parents didn't have a lot of money. I think I might have visited London once. Wow. Um, and then suddenly my dad got a job in the Middle East and we, I was catapulted into life in Iran. Wow. And this totally um, opened a new world up to me. I was suddenly confronted with a new culture, new language. I learned Farsi at school. And, and I just began to realise there, there was a world beyond the world I'd known. Um, the Chinese philosopher Zhuangzi talks about the frog at the bottom of the well and just seeing the sky above, and that was really, the Yorkshire Moors was my sky above yeah. the well. But suddenly I was at an international school mixing with people from all countries, and I became fascinated with the culture. And it really showed me that learning another language and culture opened the door to a, ho a totally new world. I could access more people, I could communicate with many more people. But you, you were um, there at an interesting time, weren't you? Yes, I was there. around the, the fall of Shower of Iraq? Yes, I was there in the 70s. Yeah. So while we were there, our visit was cut, well, our three years, well, I was there for three years, but we planned to stay much longer. This was cut short by the revolution. We got, I got, a, my family got a phone call, I think it was New Year's Day 1979, to say, you've got to leave the country in the next half an hour. My goodness. So we uh, literally just packed as much as we could in a case and jumped in a jeep and we, we wow. went to Greece for about two months to see yeah. what would happen. Um, then I returned to the UK and, and settled, and my father worked in Sussex then, we settled there, and I continued this interest in languages, I, I carried on doing languages at A level, in fact I did three at A so, level. Uh, uh, what, three languages, obviously Chinese. Yeah, I, I didn't, I know, though, you, you couldn't learn Chinese say, be very in, I was going to say, it would be a very enlightened school uh, to yes. offer you Chinese back then. No, that wasn't on the uh, curriculum at all, it was French, German and Latin, oh. and um, so I, very, I, I was very interested in languages, and I knew I wanted to do a language at uni um, and so I saw a program on Channel 4 in, in the early 80s about um, life in a visit in Yunnan in southwest China and I thought wow this looks fascinating I, I want to do Chinese so I applied to Durham University and, and first year was spent in a, on a very intensive language course getting to grips with, with a language that was totally different from the European languages. What you're learning. saying though is because often people think unless you start a language like Mandarin Chinese very young it's mm -hmm. difficult to learn but actually if you understand how to learn a language you yes. can learn it later on. Absolutely yes mm. and we were really immersed in we were in language labs immersed in the language and then the great thing was the second year we went to China and then it was really sink or swim we mm. had you had to speak the language and and where were uh, you were you in Beijing? Uh, yes in Beijing um, and this was in 86 so China was still quite a close country. Oh. Um, I travelled all over China while I was there. We, we were based at a university, but I travelled places who had never seen 
you know, someone who looks like a Caucasian person mm. before. Um, it, there was they, you know, people in the countryside didn't have access to TV. So I remember once in in Mongolia, I was sitting at a train station writing a postcard. I looked up and there was about a crowd of about a hundred people looking at me. <laughs> and I said something in Chinese, and there was a collective gasp. As I, <laughs> um, so it was it was you know a very interesting time to be there, and I had a lot of freedom to travel because I could speak the language. Mm. I could access places that perhaps you or, you know, tourists couldn't because I knew how to get places. So and I've, I've visited um, uh, in 1994, went oh, to China yes. yeah. uh, for the, the long summer holiday. And what I do remember, actually, about that time, it changed a little since you had been there. Yes. But it was still, as you travelled around, you still had that sense that it was a very varied sort of development. Yes. But I remember the people we met were very friendly. Yes, extremely. And desperate yes. to speak yeah. English in certain places. Yes. But I do remember, if I may, the Lonely... Remember the Lonely Planet guide? Yes, yes. I remember in one place, uh, the restaurant owner, he basically said, please, will you go back and recommend us to the Lonely Planet guide? Because, oh, right. <laughs> of course, they wanted everybody to go and visit his restaurant. Yes, <laughs> early trip advice. Yes. <laughs> so you, you obviously, you, you must have loved Chinese. Yes, absolutely. I, I'm just fascinated by the culture, the language, but it's, it's pictographic and, and mm. the characters have a story. You know, the word for tear is water and an eye. It's just, it's a picture. And, and a, a lot of students really enjoy that part, looking at the character and seeing a story. It's um, a very different language, isn't it? It is, that's right. It, it's, it's pictographic. And, and you and need to think about it differently? Yes, I mean, it's really a bit like learning two languages because yeah. there's the sound and then there's the, the tonal, written isn't it? it's tonal, tonal yes and the written language doesn't give you a clue to the sound so you have to learn the sound separately so you have to learn how to say it. Is it so is it actually rather like Russian, actually, is regarded as quite a difficult language to learn? It Mandarin is, Chinese? Well, it is. It's about effort levels. If, if we think of the French word telephone, le téléphone, you would know what that mm. meant because you've got a, an access, mm. you a reference point with English, but you would know how to write it and spell it with... Chinese, the word for telephone is Dianhua. So you would not know how to write the character from that, would you? No. You'd have to learn how to write the character separately, how to read it. So there's probably about three times more effort needed in, say, if you were to learn a European language. But on the, the plus side, the grammar's very easy. They don't oh, have really? all, verbs don't decline. There's no oh. le or las. Um, so that that often appeals to learners. Oh, um, but but it's all about effort. And I think yeah. if you put in the hard graft and and the, the perseverance, you see you know success quite quickly with Chinese. But you do have to put the effort levels in. So. Um which actually speaks to the country itself. I mean, yes, it is, by any objective measure, is a hard-working country, isn't it? it? Yes, you it see is. the progress it's made over recent decades. Absolutely. Um, but in terms of um, students at our school, we are now making um, offering Mandarin Chinese at Year 7 yes. for any learner who wants to study it, which yes. is new this September. Yeah. Um, and what would be your clarion call to them about the importance of learning Mandarin Chinese? What do you say to them? Well, we're living in an increasingly globalised world and I think a successful relationship with China is becoming more and more relevant and important to the mm. UK. Um, I was at a Chinese teachers conference last week and, and it gave the education minister was putting out a, a call for more Mandarin speakers. He said this country needs more mm. of our youngsters to speak Mandarin because in the future they will need to be able to communicate with China, the, mm. currently the world's second largest economy. Um, mm. So we, we, we do need to encourage students to uh, you know, extend from European languages to, to add an, uh, Chinese to their um, repertoire so that they 
in the future they become they will help increase their employability increase cultural understanding um, and goodness the cultural understanding and in, in the, the the sort of the world we're living in has never been so important exactly that's right yes and we're very fortunate here in cambridge because we do have a number of um, students who are chinese yes or their exactly. families are chinese that's and right. i feel that they bring so much to our community absolutely and you'll notice on our doorstep just down the road there's about three or four really good chinese restaurants <laughs> and i use that as a resource because I, I take students there when we do the food unit and you know, I mean, I've noticed in the last 10 years how many more Chinese tourists are coming to Cambridge. Mm. I mean, there, there is a reason for that because there's um, one of China's very famous poets, Shu Jumor. Oh, yes. He was at King's College in 1921 and he wrote a poem called Farewell Again to Cambridge, which is on the curriculum in China. So everyone wants to come to Cambridge because oh. they've heard about it. <laughs> so uh, it, it, it is I, becoming increasingly popular. Yeah, I, somebody else was talking to me about that. I, had, I didn't know. I had yeah, no yes, idea. That's right, yes. Um, so. But the, just to sort of finish this conversation, if I may, that like with, ev- with every language and every yeah. culture, there were some quirks around Chinese and, and, yes. and Chinese, you know, certain things that I think are interesting perhaps for people to, to learn about, you know, the, the, the yeah. sort of, the, you, you, you know, the fact there isn't a, a fourth floor. That's right, yes. Well, we recently took students to China last year um, in the, at the language school we were staying. We had to take a lift and there was no fourth floor. Um, and students were aware the reason for this is the word for four and the word for death sound the same, si and si. So you don't often find full <laughs> floors, especially in hospitals. You don't want to be oh on God, the death no. ward. <laughs> so, uh, and things like if you give a present, it, it's not advisable to give a clock as a present because it sounds like the end, the, you know, you're wishing someone the end of their life. So, so, is, there, is, there, is there this obviously is a strain of superstition in which, Chinese Yes, culture. it's because of the homophobe, because words sound similar, although they have different different yeah. meanings yeah. you see that, you have to be more acutely sensitive. More acutely sensitive yes so there is this sort of you wouldn't you know, want to inadvertently suggest um, <laughs> that somebody's <laughs> wishing your end by <laughs> de- delivering a clock <laughs> yeah. so um regarding the uh sort of development of mandarin chinese at this school yes um we've already got a foothold and i know you go every year to beijing yeah. with, a, with a group of students um but what would be your vision for it going forward what would you like to see uh, within the curriculum and beyond mm, yeah. uh, for mandarin chinese well i think it's great that we're starting in year seven because as i mentioned earlier with chinese it's effort levels and i think if we can create a really solid foundation in the language by the time students hopefully they will go on to the sixth form by the time they leave the school in the sixth form and have done chinese they should be able to go to china and confidently you know liaise be able to do business with china and have a really deep understanding of the culture mm. and nature of the country so i would like to see someone coming at year seven carrying on doing a, le- a pre-u or a mm. level ib and leaving whatever the qualification whatever we offer mm. and then be able to sort of go to china confidently and um, understand this very important country Absolutely. Yeah. Dawn, it's been really interesting. And I remember the Iranian Revolution. Oh, yes. Um, yes. So <laughs> I, I'm delighted you escaped. Yes, that's right. You're probably on television <laughs> when you're watching it. Yeah, no. But thank you so much for giving up your time today. It's and thank you for what you are doing to transform the teaching of Mandarin oh, Chinese no, at the school. Pleasure. Yeah, thank yeah. you very much. Okay, thank you.